You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Town Square Media Station. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa getting later in the week but still not too late to get by Peterbrook Chocolatier and make that Easter basket those Easter treats complete with some assistance from the chocolate lady and the great staff there at Peterbrook Chocolatier and look if you've got some traditional favorites okay I get it Maybe you're partial. Maybe it's a sentimentality thing. The Reese's chocolate peanut butter eggs or like Pops. You just like to give that special someone a bag of Skittles. You can incorporate all of that into your basket that will be custom made for you there at Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, and together we combine to form the 60 Minute Boom of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, you hanging in there? What is it about? It seems like middle of the week we just can't get past this weather. It just seems that way. I think it's real, though. I, I, there's a plague, apparently. We've done something yeah. wrong. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty done with the weather. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I, I would like uh, I would like very much for it to just be sunny for a full week as as we approach April. I think we're gonna get some of that after today, but we're gonna get temperatures for highs back in the 50s. It looks like tomorrow. I'll take it though. I'm with you. I'll take a day or two of maybe some unseasonably cool temperatures if you'll just give me an extended stretch of calm and sunny conditions i'll take it i'll take it hopefully we're going to get that coming up i can tell you last night was with a group of friends down at heat pizza bar because of course as we told you yesterday thai chicken tuesday that's what it's all about down there at heat pizza bar so we were down there we were at one of the outdoor tables and some of the I guess fringes of this current weather situation was starting to come into the area. We were enjoying that Thai chicken pizza. Then here comes the shower, you know, but that staff down there at heat, they're so great. A couple of the uh, staff members come right out. Uh, They had a plan for everyone. They had tables that they could transition you to. And we were able, we were able to salvage those Thai chicken pizzas and they were outstanding. The cocktails weren't bad either. If you haven't had that Styles cocktail there, it's a Merlot with some bourbon and some citrus juice of some type. You got to try that down at Heat Pizza Bar as well. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, pro day season. I'll tell you what, Jacob, I am ready to declare finally some good news coming from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am ready to declare the LSU Tigers as 2021 Pro Day 
national champs. What say you? We need to do that. You guys need to come up with a top 20 pro days in college football in advance of this upcoming draft. You could do you know, kind of like a poll amongst uh, staff members at Tide 100.9 and come up with the top 20 pro days uh, that we've seen to this point. LSU today going to have to be right there at the top. I, I'm on the verge, Jacob, of declaring the Tigers the 2021 Pro Day National Champs. What do you think of that? I think they'll take any victories they can get at this point. <laughs> I mean, how many guys can really run a 4-3 on any one team? I'm I'm at a loss here. You think, hey, do you, I keep watching the coverage looking to see if Coach O's got the watch. You know what I mean? I see these 40 times coming out of Baton Rouge this morning. I, I expect to look over there. There's O with, you know, not a, even a digital watch. One of those old-timey actual watches, stopwatches. But uh, I haven't seen O on the watch or with the tape, but some impressive numbers nonetheless coming out of that pro day down there uh, at LSU. And you're right with the Title IX stuff going on, with the NCAA looming down there. Even the baseball team at LSU right now is 1-5 and in the SEC, for crying out loud. I think the Tigers will take whatever they can get. So if we hand them the 2021 Pro Day National Champs designation, I I think that may go on one of those walls there at this indoor facility that is currently uh, on the cable as the Tigers. You've got really, Jacob, it almost feels like with this – this dueling SEC network coverage that we have live this morning, it almost feels like the fall and you've got LSU and Florida playing because they have simultaneous pro days going on right now. So they're taking us from great job, great job by the SEC network. They take us from Baton Rouge to watch Jamar Chase reportedly run sub four, four, the wide receiver who opted out of the 2020 season also measured Jamar Chase did a vertical leap of 41 inches and a broad jump of 11 feet. Wow. Crazy. Big numbers for Jamar Chase. Terrace Marshall Jr., who had a really good 2020 season before he decided to shut it down a little bit early. Uh, he was, I believe, 4-4, sub 4-4 himself, right? And a broad jump of 10-5 and a vertical of 39. Jacoby Stevens, the safety for LSU, vertical jump of 42 inches today at LSU. 10-10 broad jump. So uh, the numbers, man, they speak for themselves. Uh, But unfortunately for the Tigers, uh, with the opt-outs and everything else, didn't add up to anything more than 5-5 on the actual football field and had to win their final two to do that. Wins over Florida on the road and Ole Miss at home to get to 500 for the 2020 season. 205-342-9904. We'll check in with Cecil Hurt coming up in just a little bit. Cecil fresh from Indianapolis following his coverage of Alabama men's basketball up there at the NCAA tournament. Uh, And it is official. We have a final four following last night's action up there in Indy, UCLA comes out of that East region. Wins over the top two seeds uh, in the regional round for the 11th-seeded Bruins to advance to their first Final Four since 2008. UCLA gets it done last night over Michigan. Interesting finish to that game. Michigan had... An opportunity, a couple of opportunities, had a look at a three with under 10 seconds to go that did not go in, and then still had another chance from under its own goal, uh, baseline out of bounds, a bob opportunity, and didn't really get a great look on that one. Michigan very much post-oriented, as you might expect with Jawan Howard as the head coach of the Wolverines. So, Hunter Dixon was the man that that Michigan tried to go to pretty much throughout that game last night. But with a half second on the clock and down two, Michigan has Hunter Dixon throwing the ball in from under its own goal. Don't you want Hunter Dixon maybe going to the basket there if he's your guy? Interesting play call choice there for Jawan Howard and that staff. But the Bruins, to their credit, 
going to the Final Four. We keep waiting for this UCLA team to get beat, and that will certainly be the case with Gonzaga up next. Gonzaga has taken all the fun out of the tournament at this point. I mean, do you even watch Gonzaga games? Because they're going to be 20-point games every time the Zags uh, throw it in the air. And that'll be the expectation, I'm sure, in that national semifinal. With UCLA and Gonzaga, you've got a state of Texas and then a West Coast vibe to these matchups. Baylor and Houston in the other semifinal. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you I'm fired up for these these semis coming up on Saturday. Uh, What they've done, what these semifinals have done to me is get me looking forward to the Masters next week even more so than I would be otherwise. And I'm already anxious and anticipating the tradition unlike any other, even though it will be the second playing of the Masters since November. I could take the Masters every month. If you want to play the Masters every month, I'm good with that. You know, that's fine by me. And really, I'm more fired up about the women's Final Four. UConn and Arizona, but then you also have Stanford and South Carolina in another national semifinal and I know some people look at the women's game and go well you know that always plays out that the chalk gets to the final four and okay UConn Stanford and South Carolina were all one seeds Arizona was a three but I'll tell you this I'm looking more forward to seeing three one seeds in a final four than I am some of the stuff we got going on in the men's side now you do have two one seeds by the way in the men's final four with Gonzaga and Baylor. Uh, But UCLA and Houston, even Baylor as a one seed doesn't fire me up. But uh, you got your final four set now in college basketball. We'll get into a number of things with Cecil Hurt. We'll talk some college basketball, obviously. You had Alabama's pro day yesterday, second in a week. We pretty much covered that in real time for you on the program On Tuesday, by all appearances, a good day for Mac Jones. I thought Mac Jones wrapping up his throwing script or his throwing session on Tuesday with a tribute to his late high school coach, Corky Rogers, who I had the privilege of getting to know very, very personally. Uh, Had family that played for Corky down there at the bowl school, but You saw Mac run sort of like a midline option play that he ended up catching a pass from Najee Harris on. Thought that was really cool. Mac made it a point in his post interview with NFL Network to kind of point out that that was, in fact, a a tribute to not only Corky Rogers, but everyone that's helped him and worked with him throughout his development. Also, a little bit of an ode to the football heritage of one of yesterday's onlookers there at the Hank Crisp indoor facility. That of course being Bill Belichick, whose dad was a longtime assistant at Navy. And we all know we're big fans of Navy. We're big fans of the academies in general here, not just because they're academies uh, and we are uh, indebted to their service that they provide to our country uh, and what they prepare young service men and women for down the road, but the way they play the, uh, we like the triple option football here on the program. So that was cool to see from Mac. Uh, you knew Najee Harris wasn't going to run, but he did do the drill work. Looked good as you would expect as a receiver. Devonte jumping in there, running some routes for Mac Miller Forstall in that mix. He even had Carl Tucker, a tight end running some routes. So by all accounts, a good day for the Alabama contingent. And yesterday afternoon, you had Alabama football practice. Come for pro day. Stay for the next wave of NFL first round picks. That's kind of what it was for NFL people in Tuscaloosa yesterday. They were able to get an in-depth look at this crop. And then if they wanted to hang around and get a really good look at the next wave of Alabama NFL draft picks and you heard from Nick Saban following yesterday's practice you got a scrimmage coming up on Friday you know Nick was asked about the balance that this wide receiver rotation has with the addition of a couple of 6-3 receivers in the last couple of recruiting classes Trayshawn Holden a year ago Ajay Hall here in the 2021 class an early enrollee who's already out there looking to make an impact 
And Nick basically said the kind of wide receivers he really likes are the ones that can get open and run really fast. That's what Nick Saban likes at the wide receiver position. If you're 5'11", 5'10", 5'9", if you're Jalen Waddle and you can do that at 5'10", great. If you're Treshawn Holden at 6'3", Ajay Hall at 6'3", and it ends up you can do that as well, that's that's good too. That's good too. But it was interesting, Mel Kuyper this morning, when we talk about size at wide receiver, and he had his top 10 wide receivers for the 2021 uh, draft class. And of his 10, only one, only one of those receivers is taller than 6'2". Only one. And that guy is Terrace Marshall Jr. of LSU. Jamar Chase, a little bit over six foot. Devontae Smith, 6'1". Jalen Waddle, 5'10". So, you know, the Calvin Johnsons, they're few and far between when you really think about it. You start getting to 6'3 plus at Alabama in Nick Saban's 14 seasons at the Capstone. Now, in his first four seasons, he had 6'3 and 6'4 guys that led the way. DJ Hall in 2007, 6'3", had a 1,000-yard season. And then, of course, the next three years was the Julio Jones era at UA at 6'4". But since the end of the 2010 season, 2011 through 2020, so the, the 10 years that we've had here since Julio with Nick Saban at the controls, you haven't had a receiver taller than 6'1", lead Alabama in receiving. Amari Cooper, 6'1", all these guys have really been 6'1". Calvin Ridley, 6'1", Devontae Smith, 6'1", Jerry Judy, 6'1". Marquise Mays back in 2011, uh, 5'10", I believe. So, yeah, you love bigger receivers, and they can certainly be of benefit uh, when you think about red zone and maybe third down. But in this day and age... Uh, you want guys that can get separation. You want explosive plays. And even better, if you can get them the ball on easy touches and they can turn that into explosive plays, uh, that works as well. We're going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com joins us on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chatmatier right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Kineca Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The Alabama football team returned to the practice field on Tuesday in full pads for a two-hour practice on the Thomas Drew practice fields. Head coach Nick Saban gave his thoughts after practice. You know, one of the big goals in spring practice is, you know, to establish, you know, some of the intangible things that are really important, I think, to having a successful team. Um... You know, the work ethic with the players has been good in the offseason. The work ethic in the practice so far has been good. All right, but also developing a kind of discipline, you know, on your team, whether it's self-discipline, uh, individuals making, you know, good choices and decisions about what they do and what they don't do. I'll have more in a moment. The Crimson Tide's newest partner is already an Alabama favorite. Kaneka Sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Made in Evergreen, Alabama, Kaneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Three members of the Alabama women's golf team received invitations to play in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Vendetta Moresco, Kenzie Wright, and Michaela Merard will chase the tournament crown on March 31st to April 1st at Champions Golf Retreat Club in Augusta, Georgia. The top 30 competitors will compete in the final round on April 3rd at Augusta National Golf Club. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Thunderstorms ending, turning much colder this afternoon. Temperatures falling into the 40s. The sky clearing tonight, the chance of a freeze early tomorrow morning, the low at 32. Tomorrow, a windy and cool day with a good supply of sunshine, the high 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Celebrating another birthday for Angus Young, lead guitarist, founding member for ACDC. No doubt about it. One of the all-timers. The little guy, when it comes to the axe, wields it aggressively and fiercely, I think you could say, adequately describes the playing style of Angus Young. You talk about soundtracks for the old formative years of music listening and just the backdrop to some to some forgettable high school days, I guess you could say as well. Memorable, memorable ones as well. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now. Check in with a big fan of Angus and ACDC, Cecil Hurt, fresh from Indianapolis, Indiana. Cecil, how are you doing on this Wednesday? Good, how are you? We're hanging in there, man. It just seems like midweek we can't get past this weather stuff around here. Man, I don't know. Every Wednesday you know. is something, isn't it? I guess that's why you have the uh, the tornado siren check the first Wednesday of every month. Maybe they know something that we don't on doing it on that <laughs> first Wednesday, but definitely seems that way. And uh, Cecil, as we said, you're fresh from Indy, and I know like the rest of us, you had the 11 seed UCLA coming out of that East region with that uh, with that extra game. You know, you just never know. People were so excited to see. Uh, Abilene Christian, which was really a one in a hundred deal to beat Texas. Um, but maybe that cleaned the bracket out for UCLA a little bit. Got to play Abilene Christian before they played Alabama. Just don't know. But I give a lot of credit to Mick Cronin and UCLA just for playing tough. Everybody said, oh, you know, Alabama missed free throws and Texas, and uh, Michigan missed free throws and missed shots. But you also um, have to be in a position to take advantage of that and have to be able to control the tempo of the game. If the game's in the 70s, those don't – and, you know, the Alabama used to like game was in, in the 60s. The overtime is, got skewed, but um, basically a 60-point game. Um, and so give credit to them. Not an especially deep team, but um, managed to do what they've needed to do. And I guess, too, you need your stars to be stars at this time of year, right? And Johnny Juzang was a prime example of that last night for UCLA and that went over Michigan. Yeah, and, and um, Tiger Campbell. But they've also, you know, Juzang fouled out against Alabama. And Chuck Jazz stepped up and um, Curry stepped up. So, uh, again, give credit to give credit to those guys. Excuse me, not Curry, Riley, Cody Riley. I had a Eddie Curry on the brain for some reason. Um, but, you know, give credit to those guys. So as we look at this this Alabama season and really the SEC season in general, um, where, where do we sort of put it? Uh, was, a, was one more win what Alabama needed for this particular team to sort of, 
ascend to a rarefied air in your opinion or was it already there regardless uh, great season by any measure I think we all understand that but we do love to get into degrees uh, of of what a team achieves um, and the league in general um, Arkansas with a respect respectable showing and coming back and at least making that matchup with Baylor interesting um, yeah Alabama LSU this season in the league LSU season, plays where do you have it? Tough, you know. so so yeah, you know, it's, uh, thought Tennessee was disappointing um, in their performance. Uh, Florida got one win, probably that's probably about right for what, where Florida was was round thirty two. So uh, you know, not a terrible year, not not the best year when you don't place a team in the final four. But um, you know, Alabama had a chance. Arkansas had a had a but Baylor's really good. Baylor's really excellent team. I'm probably going to be a Gonzaga-Baylor final. I guess you'd never say for sure, but um, I think that would be the best final. So we've got spring football now that will shift most of our attention to, along with these pro days that have dominated uh, cable television here in the last week or so, and we're we're not uh, – we don't have a problem with that. It's still good to see uh, these guys doing their thing, especially at Alabama here in the last week. But uh, from the Alabama perspective, it seems like the focus entirely goes back to the football field just in time for a scrimmage on Friday uh, for Alabama. And you know, what are one or two of the things that you'll be interested interested in learning as much as we can anyway to come out of this this first scrimmage on Friday? Um, yeah, we, we've long ago lost our uh, viewing privileges, but I'd like to have some stats and get some, some grasp on which receivers stepped up. Um, you know, Mechie is a, not going to participate and be a proven commodity. So, so this is golden opportunity to sort out, um, a bunch of young receivers. And so would certainly like to see it and would, in lieu of that, would at least like to have some statistics on who was target one and target two and what some some uh, yards per catch, some YPC was. I uh, don't know that we'll get that. We'll get, um, you know, that'll be a question for Nick Saban on his Zoom. Um, don't know if we'll get that. Sorry, a little bit of, little bit of uh, thunder outside. I, I'm um, getting that too, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a close one. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I guess that's what I get for mentioning the questions that Nick Saban will get on his Zoom. <laughs> that's what you get for mentioning the possibility of scrimmage stats, Cecil. That's exactly. I, what I you guess get. so. Don't never say scrimmage <laughs> stats again. That's exactly right. So I'd like to see that. You know, defense is just impossible. Even if you had stats, there's no way to evaluate that. So, you don't have context, um, right? Yeah, no context. So I'm interested to see what names Nick Saban might name, but um, it's going to be hard to tell too much. Of course, they'll be, I mean, somebody's getting in and somebody's going to leak something on the on the various message boards or um, to the various media members who don't get in. And so you'll, you'll get some of that, some... some <laughs> Some dads and some moms and some managers and some observers. So, um, and, and their reports again, in lieu of being able to to sit out there and watch it um, like we used to be able to do, that that'll be interesting. But we're not we're not going to know until a day, um, and probably not going to know too much even after a day. Will be interesting to see, though, who's uh, steps up in those roles, and then just to, to hear the conjecture about offensive line or linebackers or so forth, which you really couldn't evaluate even if you had that. Cecil, what are we gonna maybe learn from the events of today in relation to this Austin case uh, and the NCAA? in front of the Supreme court. Um, 
you know, it's, it's in relation, I guess, to expense and compensation related to education uh, that was right. previously ruled on, uh, was appealed by the NCA, was upheld, I believe, in circuit court. Now it's in front of the Supreme Court. And I guess the, the, the bigger question, when you compare this situation to, say, name, image, and likeness, how does it stack up? Is it still going to be largely about NIL, in your opinion, or could this be well, a that'll significant be a large, moment? that'll be a large component of it, and this is, this is the appeal of the Austin case. Right. The, the NCAA, whether they take a scrubbing or not, they're the ones who chose to be there. They're the ones who appealed that rule. Mm. So um, my expertise is not the Supreme Court, although I'm aware enough of it to know that if uh, Justice Thomas is asking questions, that's a rare event in and of itself. Um, you know, he rarely speaks from the bench. And um, so so I thought that was fascinating. People want to judge, you know, particularly sports people, want to pick a winner, right? we got to pick a winner. we got to pick the, the Final Four. we got to pick next year's Super Bowl. Uh, oral arguments and, and the questions from the justices aren't always predictive of what they're going to do or what the, the breadth or narrowness of their decision will be. Um, sounded like Justice Sotomayor was, was or, and Justice Kagan were um, concerned that, that they could take a narrow ruling and change everything about college sports and they weren't sure that's what the court wanted to do. Now, the one thing I will say is that it, um, as constituted right now, uh, a fairly conservative court and um, there's a strong conservative streak of, of free market capitalism uh, among many of the justices. But, um, you know, cases, once cases are decided and become law, they, they have lives of their own. And so you're not just deciding whether, you know, athlete A gets amount B. Um, anybody who's involved in any kind of, of uh, antitrust or amateurism or anything like that, right up to big tech and big pharma and so forth, they're going to watch the ruling of this case. And that's why Supreme Court rulings tend to be narrow. And I would suspect that this one would tend to be narrow, but I don't know that. You know, we, every once in a while, they'll, they'll come out with the, uh, with the big paintbrush and change the thing. So um, I thought that it was intriguing. Um, I would not derive all oh, this. They're doomed because Justice Thomas or Justice Kavanaugh asked this particular question. Yeah, Transfer Portal has become such a part of the mainstream <laughs> vernacular that I think even Justice Thomas invoked it today in some of his questioning. Yeah, uh, it was almost with, like with, he, he did invoke it, and you, you expected the next question to be, you know, well, well um, where's Henry Toa Yeah, Is it Alabama? Is it Georgia? Is it? Is it UCLA? Uh, you know, what's Ohio State, yeah. Who's in there? Just like who's in there? You know, just like just like Barking Dog Twenty Seven on the on the rival board. You know, got enough. <laughs> Speaking of that transfer portal, though, I wanted to ask you about college basketball, man. Uh, I guess are we up over a thousand in the transfer portal now? Um, and specifically, I know you wrote about this in the last couple of days, and we've all talked about it and wondered about it ourselves. What do you way too early, I guess, envision maybe this Alabama roster looking like uh, from the basketball perspective as we move through the next month or so? I think that I think that Nate Oates really likes the guys that he has on his roster. Uh, I think he's got a couple who if you don't hire an agent, are going to go into the no penalty, no harm, no foul um, NBA evaluation pool. I wouldn't be surprised if Javon Quinterly did it. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Primo did. 
Now, they both get a recommendation that they need to come back to school. And they may do that. They sound like that's what they, they're leaning toward doing. Um, but so, so that's going to affect the roster numbers to an extent. And then as much as NATO and, and staff, I think, uh, are, are um, confident in and excited about um, the guys that they have on the roster right now, and, you know, you have to take a, a realistic look at um, telling a player, hey, you know, just the way, just who's coming back, just the way this shakes out, you're going to be in a fight for some minutes here next year. And mm-hmm. you have to be honest about that. Then you have to look in, in the portal or in the late signing period and say, if I can get two guys who are better than I've got, don't I go ahead and take them? You know, don't, don't I do that? So um, you, you have to make honest evaluations about that at this time. It didn't, I, and, and I don't think it really hurt um, Galen Smith to, to play at Maryland this season or, or Jalen Forbes, who had a nice year for Tulane this season. Uh, you have to be realistic about those things. So could, could Alabama have a transfer out? Sure, absolutely. In, in 2021, is that in any way indicative of the state of your program? No. Now, when you've got the, the mass exits, like you've, you've had, you know, John Brandon's had issues at Cincinnati. Uh, Syracuse looks like they've got a, a pretty substantial number of guys who are headed out. Um, every every case is different. So, but could Alabama, you know, get to signing day and, and be one over? Sure, absolutely. And that would entail somebody looking for a different opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, it's that time of year. There's no doubt. And I guess the the thing you got to be careful with is sort of someone viewing it from the outside is making hard and fast assertions that perhaps how minutes maybe for particular individuals have trended down the stretch of a season can come into play with that. I mean, there's some guys on this team, if you look at their minutes in the tournament especially, um, it's not that difficult to come to sort of a conclusion that their prime targets to maybe be on the move. Sometimes we see guys in the portals at portal averaging 17.9 playing 35 minutes a night, I guess is what I'm saying. It There's a wide yeah, variety of mid-major, Yeah. There's some mid-major guys like that right now. Um, so, so it'll be interesting. And so much else goes into it. You don't know how guys are doing academically and so forth. Um, I do think the way that, that 2021 Alabama was built in terms of the chemistry and the, the sort of camaraderie that, that they seem to have, um, I think it was an enjoyable experience for most of those guys. Um, I think they'll be, be hopeful that they can come back. Um, and, and maybe so. And, and, it's just hard. We hadn't seen now. You know, I, do I do I think the staff thinks Alex Chiku has a role next year? Sure, absolutely. Have we gotten to see any at all of Alex Chiku? No. You know, so it's a little hard to evaluate. So I don't don't take that. I don't think he'll be a transfer portal. I'm just saying that's an example of you don't know. Um, this time last year, let me be honest about it. I would have said. Uh, you know, Juwan Gary, he's coming back, but I, you know, he's going to have to really um, have a make-good year. And, and I don't know if he's exactly the kind of player Oates is looking for. And instead, you know, he's one of the most valuable reserves on the team. I think everybody's excited for Juwan to be back. So, it, both at Alabama and really around the league, all 14 teams. It's impossible to predict right now. Um, I, I would have to get to August or so and see various roster moves, various things that have happened to say that that 
you know, this this team or that team is really is really loaded. You know, Tennessee's going to lose some guys. Um, Auburn could be in great shape, could have some guys come back and, and be a top three team in the league. It, it may, might not. You know, it's, it's going to depend. So, um, and, and that's now true for everybody. That's not just you know, a couple of teams scrambling. And, you know, that's the way Arkansas really, more so than Alabama this season, that's the way Arkansas was built, you know, and Musselman brought in guys and brought in this transfer and brought in that guy. Um, and then it's going to have to, to turn around and do some more of it this offseason. And, and without knowing what's 13th, 14th on, you know, 12th, 11th on their roster, um, you know, Moody's Moody's going to go pro. I think we can safely say. Tate will be gone. Smith will be gone. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to have to build around a different set of guys, and they're going to have to go and they've, they've recruited a couple of really good players early, and, and they're going, I'll guarantee you, knowing Musselman, that they're going to add a couple of transfers. LSU, I have no idea what they're up. Couldn't possibly begin to tell you what LSU's <laughs> roster is going to look like next year. Oh. Because yeah. I think all four of those four guys are gone. So so Wadford goes ahead. Uh, I think he probably does, but maybe not. But but um, at, at, you know Cam Thomas is gone. Yeah. Um, the other guys are juniors, but you know is is I don't think Javante Smart's going to stick around. Could have days and Watford maybe come back, but you know there's there's still little uncertainty about them. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you what their roster looks like. The trend and left that wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Trendon, I guess right now trending more as kind of a G League Euro guy, but you never know. Uh, he's never know. You never know. Nice skill um, set. In time, I can see Trendon Watford in the NBA. See, so I, uh, you, uh, whatever mock drafts are worth, you don't see him showing up in in no. the first round of, of of any I've really seen. But it, he's one of those guys that kind of like an Alonzo G, or you know, even no. maybe more so. You know, he ends up in the league at some point and sticks but, for a while. But even even if if you say, oh well, they'll just lose. Cam Thomas and Javante Smart. That's, that's a lot. A lot of, that's a ton. The way they're structured, that's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know that you just go recruit two guys that are like that. Yeah. No doubt. So, you know, and that's and that's just one example. And it's not picking you know, on say the same thing about Alabama, although they've got more guys, I think. But I got no idea what LSU's gonna look like next year or South Carolina. Um, Vanderbilt. Don't know what those rosters are going to look like. Kentucky. I don't know what Kentucky's roster is going to look like next year. Right. See a lot of freshmen. Again. Well, we're going to let you get off this phone in the middle of this uh, thunderstorm that we're <laughs> we're having here in Tuscaloosa. That was Calipari, um, I think, weighing in on <laughs> me talking about like their roster. Yeah, you're so. not supposed to talk about spring scrimmage football stats and Cal. Uh, coming off a disappointing season in the midst of an electrical storm. Hey, Cecil, as always, we appreciate the time, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Good deal, Trust. Thanks. There you go. Cecil Hurt, of course, of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. We're going to take a quick break. We come back more of a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. It's happened again in Alabama. A tornado emergency. One local radio company stations broke in with life-saving information to help protect you and your family. That company was our company, Town Square Media. And here on Tide 100.9, we stand committed to do our part for the city and towns we love. When tornadoes touch down in Tuscaloosa, count on Tide 100.9 every time. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hi. Hi. 
years old. Just kind of assumed that Angus was like Keith. Eric Clapton yesterday turned 76. Kind of figured Angus was in that demo. But he's not. He's only 66 years old today as we celebrate Angus Young via the Southern Fried Sports playlist. He's Angus Young, not Angus Old. Yeah, okay. Jacob will be here all week, just to remind you. And be sure to tip uh, your servers, your waitstaff. Thank you very much. I like it. I like it, Jacob. I like where your head's at. You know, you're locked in. You're 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 participating. We like that. Hey, speaking of participating, Jacob got a phone call from a listener. That was surprising in and of itself. A listener. Wow. Um, And the question, Jacob, was for early enrollees at Alabama. And Alabama had 14 mid-year enrollees. I don't really consider Caden Clark an early enrollee. He's a deferred enrollee. He was actually going to be a part of the 2020 class. He had the knee injury in the fall of 2019, so he put off his enrollment until January of this year. But those guys, and the question was, do they get rings uh, for national championship seasons like the one Alabama just had? The answer to that is no. Now, where it gets interesting is with Quincy McKinstry because we know – as an early enrollee or a mid-year enrollee, he worked with the basketball team. And the basketball conference season, anyway, is really late, late December, early January is when that starts. And he was here. And I'm going to assume that he pretty quickly moved into working with the basketball team. So I think it would be more of a question for a guy like that even though he didn't play in games, but he was a part of the program. And I'm not sure of that answer. But as far as just football enrollees go and, you know, the team wins a national championship, they don't get they don't get blamed for that. They got to go out and actually earn it over the course of a full season. We're going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Does Le- Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Thunderstorms ending, turning much colder this afternoon. Temperatures falling into the 40s. The sky clearing tonight, the chance of a freeze early tomorrow morning, the low at 32. Tomorrow, a windy and cool day with a good supply of sunshine, the high 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Won't tell your story about a woman I know. With thunder rolling in the background. Maybe we should have gone with Thunderstruck as a part of the ACDC playlist today on Angus Young's birthday. whole lot of Rosie to get us out of here instead. A whole lot of money for Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson wants more say in personnel decisions with the Seattle Seahawks. It looks like uh, the front office out there in the great Northwest threw him a bone in extending his favorite wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, now being reported four years, 69.2 million. Again, kids, keep your eyes on the guaranteed money, 37 million guaranteed still. That's a nice big fat wad of cash for Tyler Lockett. Not a bad Wednesday for Tyler Lockett. Four years, 69.2, $37 million guaranteed. So there you go, Russell. You get to keep Tyler Lockett. There's your offseason. We'll see how the draft goes for Russ and his supporting cast on the offensive side of the ball. Out there in Seattle as that division continues to load up, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You look at the defensive linemen that Russell Wilson's going to be facing out there in the NFC West. 
with J.J. Uh, Watt going to Arizona, Aaron Douglas, of course, uh, there in L.A., um, Aaron Bosa. Donald. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Douglas. Uh, what did I say? You said Douglas. Okay. All right, my bad. Okay. But uh, you, you got some studs on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see how that works for the Seahawks. Um, you know what you don't like to see? I don't think anyway, when you're watching your team's pro days on the cable, you don't like to see like your whole offensive line going through pro day workouts because that means you've probably got a lot to replace up front. And that looks to be the case at the University of Florida watching the Gators pro day right now on the SEC network. Uh, you know, Florida's had offensive line struggles as it is over what seems like the last decade. Seems like Florida has never been able to ascend to a level of quality, just quality offensive line play, and then sustain it. And it looks like it's going to be another one of those kind of years for the Gators, which of course will host the Alabama Crimson Tide on September the 18th there at Florida Field. What used to be known as the Swamp. Is Florida Field still the Swamp with Spurrier so far removed from that program now? And the Gators so far removed from their last national championship. Seems like yesterday that Urban Meyer won his second national championship in three years, 2006. That magical second year for so many coaches. That was it for Urban in 2006. Wins another in 2008, of course, after after knocking off the Alabama Crimson Tide in the SEC championship game, but that's been it. That's been it. I guess that's what happens when another team in your league uh, goes on the kind of run like Alabama has under Nick Saban. Kind of easy, kind of easy to forget some otherwise pretty impressive accomplishments by others. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition. Uh, Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Cecil Hurt for joining us here on the program. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the program. The Lunch Whistle on this Wednesday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Great stuff there, whether it's lunch, whether it's that Yardbird chicken sandwich. Maybe it's a great burger that you're going to find there. At Southern Ale House, those plate meals, those plate dinners are out of this world as well. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Thank you.